Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Xbox the Box at Xbox Podcast. My name is Retail Chief, and I am with my good friend Alice. How are you, Alice? Hi. Today we got a lot to discuss, um, but it's not a lot of news. It's been a slow news week. Yeah, I've still got four news items, so I, you know, what uh, it is, what it is, I suppose. Um, but yeah, what have we been playing this week? What 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 games have you been playing, uh, Alice? Oh, straight to the good stuff. Yeah, straight because to the good stuff. it's only just a few days after Halloween. Yeah. But it's already missing out on some like spooky stuff. Like I did the same switch yesterday, mm-hmm. try to get some bits, like roast chicken a bit bits like that. And then I was looking for those toffee apple Mr. Kipling. Mm. Yeah, it's toffee apple pies. And I thought, mmm, I need to get more oh, of these. Nice. And then it turns out none of it is anywhere. You're just basically seeing way more Christmas stuff than with Halloween stuff, and it's just like yeah, yeah. totally burned. Yeah, November first is is basically the build to Christmas. Then they literally as soon as I'll say that there's been Christmas stuff out before Halloween even happened. Yes. It's just like <laughs> mad. Yeah, they like they like to promote Christmas over here. I mean, in America, Thanksgiving's probably a bigger thing, or like or is about the, is about on the same level. But like Christmas over here, it's like the start advertising stuff for Christmas like in October which is mad I've seen people put their lights up and stuff already and it's like you're crazy like no fa- <laughs> yeah. well I think the one thing I'm excited for is that it's a Black Friday deal oh, yeah. so when it comes I'll be looking for get a discount on the new iPad Pro or iPad Air I mean let me know in the comments which is preferable enough but I used to use my iPad to do drawing, yeah. but I'm looking to get a smaller iPad because mine's is a 12 inch in a moment and it's a bit too big. Right. I had it for like five years and I'm thinking I would get a discount on it. So yeah, yeah just hopefully uh, yeah. end of November, just get I'm it. I'm not usually a fan of but Black anyway. Friday because like it's, it's another one of those American traditions that have come over here and it's like all over the place. It's like, why are we celebrating mm. Black Friday? We don't have Thanksgiving, so it makes no sense. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like ha- yeah. Halloween, like trick or treats, become a thing over here because of the because of the American traditions. And it's like you sound like my dad. I'm already. an old man. Don't mess with my traditions. Yeah, <laughs> because the thing is, Halloween is actually based on the Celtic holiday, which is the Celtic New Year. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, no, but right. they have that, and they have like those games to play. But then it, when it came out to America, it's just like treated as a spooky thing. Yeah. Like, and I end up telling that for 24 hours, ghosts would cross over and, and roam around Earth for a while. So, and that's where he gets this kind of thing with Halloween. What was Cinco de Mayo again? Is that, is that the Day of the Dead or am I thinking of a different one? Oh, the Day of the Dead. That, that's a, that's Mexico, Mexican, yeah. The Latin, I think that one's Latin... way cooler than Halloween. I'm just going to say that. People might be I think mad. that's usually on the first of November, yeah. but it could be on the thirty first. So, but it's still great, really. Yeah. I think that's a cooler one because instead of like going going to people's house, going I want candy, give me your candy, it's like celebrating the people we've lost and like celebrating mm. their lives and stuff. Yeah, Day of the Dead, November the second. Oh, it's tomorrow or today. Oh. I think it is yesterday. Is if you if you're celebrating sure. the day of the dead, uh, I hope you're having a nice day. I, I just say like I think that's a bit more. I prefer to celebrate the people we've lost than just go around people's houses dicking candy. But then maybe oh. I'm old. <laughs> Wait, um, it's second of November, which means it's today. Yeah, so I said yeah, second of November. 
Have you seen the film Coco? Well, going off, really going off yes. subject. But, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely seen that. That's it's so colourful. And, yes. And it's really, really good. good. Film. You should definitely watch it on like Disney Plus <laughs> if you have one. Going completely off subject here, yeah, got off kilter a little bit. Uh, but what were you we saying? Oh, yeah, so uh, they didn't have the treats you wanted, which are Halloween treats, which are, they're no longer selling already, which is mad. Well, I like to prefer the Halloween to be like thinking about the dead yeah. and all this spooky stuff. Mm. And yet, there's no trick or treaters where I'm at. Yeah. But where my mum and dad are at the moment, they go somewhere else and they received like over 50 trick-or-treaters wow. it's like as if they form with a queue and they came in like big groups right. and then they just went out of candy to give out to the trick-or-treaters so they just went out of it and it's so had... embarrassing but there's so abundant <laughs> i had zero trick-or-treaters this year i i did hide in, Same. i did hide in the back room turned all the lights off and just played my Xbox. <laughs> so there shouldn't mm. be anyone coming. Like the house is in complete darkness. So I don't know why anyone would knock on the door. But it was raining. And it didn't seem like there was many people out. So I'm assuming that. I mean I don't think I've had trickle shooters for a couple of years now. When I was younger is all the time. But yeah I think. I think my area is like a lot more older people. So there's not as many kids around here. So that might be why. Mm. Uh Yeah. Thank God, <laughs> I don't. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like seeing with trick or treaters. I'm sorry. I know. I'm. I'm old man yelling at clouds or whatever. I'm. I'm, I'm grumpy old. No, I'm no fun, grandpa. <laughs> I just rather like uh, just stick it out and just don't try to draw any attention. But thank. But it was like pelting rain, and when I'm at, it's just like so much strong rains happening at the moment. So therefore. It's just like no point. Yeah, I mean, what we did on Halloween is we played grounded, didn't we? That was the fit. we actually managed to play co-op grounded for once, which we've never been able to do. Yep, and that's where we go to what you've been playing, yeah, see, and that's what we've been playing first. Now, <laughs> allow me. Yeah, you go uh, ahead. So, uh, so on Halloween, I seen a film called Antlers, and it's like uh, pretty scary, and I thought it's really interesting. Yeah. Then I just followed up with like. Guillermo del Toro's, uh, I think it was Cosium of Curiosities, whoever this. Right, I don't name? know, I'm not really into horror films. It's on Netflix and I'm like watching that in the moment. Okay. But I was going to watch another scary film and then you were like really learning and you want someone to play with. So I thought, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to play Grounded. That Even though it's like light hearted and stuff like that, but. It's got scary things in it, so to be fair, me. when the giant spiders showed up, I was like absolutely screaming and shouting, going, "Ah, get away from me!" Ah! <laughs> no! The giant spiders are terrifying in that game. I don't like them. <laughs> oh, good! It's good fun though. I really, really enjoy Grounded. Oh, my. I love that game. I know it's controversial to say, but I think it is the best. It's better than anything the PlayStation's put out this year, apart from maybe God of War, obviously, which we haven't played yet. But I, I don't think when well, people actually, slag Xbox off, it's a very good game, and it's come out this year. So, well, actually, it's just really, really fantastic because uh, we we just went in and we just played for a while, but we we were gonna spend like one hour in it. Then turns out we only like have two hours mm. of like Discord chat. 
and even like going through the game yeah. and basically what we've been doing is trying to explore find new areas yeah. and find ways to kill spiders we ended up like, finishing about 2am in the end wasn't it we started playing about 10 and then we ended yes. up finishing about 2 when I was like oh god where's the time gone <laughs> it's a time sink it's gone <laughs> uh, yeah you like you you joined my because I built a house like from when I was playing it and you joined yeah. my game so we got already had yeah, all the stuff set that's... up ready to go so yeah, fun. I just actually found your house, and it's not far off from where I built my house. I only built fence walls around the first scientific lab. Yeah. But when I visited your world, yours wasn't that far away, yeah. and it's just like a huge house, much bigger than I thought. Yeah. It's got like roofs, walls, and the fences, and it's just like wow, it's just so, so much stuff. I know, there. I wasted so, so much time building that. <laughs> yeah. But I just think, but I'm really, really really enjoyed it oh it's great and i had a i had a lot of the exploration and dealing with some insects and also we would just talk about our lives too which is yeah. makes it very special it's but good. then um i was so enjoyed i just enjoyed the whole experience that i was trying to like uh get in and play the game last night and then you didn't respond, so I don't know what you're up to. I was just, because I'd love to play more grounded with you. Yeah, I'll play more grounded later, or, or maybe play more grounded tonight or something. I was just a bit out of it yesterday, uh, being a bit poorly, so I've yeah not not been feeling the best. Um, but yeah, well, so I saw the advert for Adler. I saw like a picture for the Adlers. Is it like about deers, like killer deers, or what's it, what's the, what's it about? I'm curious. Oh, antlers is basically mutant deers. That's it. Yeah, I called it. Okay, I just I saw a picture of a boy surrounded by like antlers, like spiking around him. That's all I saw. I was like, that's a yeah. weird looking film. <laughs> um, mm. When I so when I haven't been playing um, grounded, which we have played a lot of bit, quite a lot of grounded. I've also been playing Persona Five Royal, which I'm really adoring. It's such a fun game. I'm not really into JRPGs, but there's something about this one. It's just got a nice style to it. It's kind of like Pokemon, but it has like darker themes to it. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like you collect monsters or personas to build your team up, and then you've got like a group of four. There's four of you, and you've got to try and change the the. You got to try and steal the hearts of evil people and change their corrupted minds and turn them into good people. Like by entering their mm. like their metaverse, which is like their 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 twisted desires manifested in physical form. Such a weird concept, but it works. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Um, yeah, I've only beaten the first boss, Kamushida, the evil volley, <laughs> the evil volleyball teacher. Um, mm. we, we 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 got him to yeah, beat him. Uh, that's as far as I've got so far, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I say that I like I played it. I played it for a good couple of hours, and this I'm only on the first boss. It's ridiculous. It's a long game. It must be like two, three hundred hours probably, and it's going to take me that long. It's uh, yeah, it's fun though. I'm enjoying it. It's it's got a lot of life sim stuff in it where you have to be a student in school and stuff. And I did like being in school the first time around. Why would I want to pretend to be in school again? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it's fun. I would recommend it if anyone's into JRPGs. Uh, it's supposed to be a really good one. As I said, I'm not much of an JRPG person. I play Pokemon every year when it comes out. Every new Pokemon game I'll play. 
that's the extent of my JRPGs. Play also played Fire Emblem <laughs> Free Houses, and I love that. So yes, Fire Emblem Free Houses, Pokemon, and Persona is like the extent of my JRPG knowledge. <laughs> Have you tried Persona? Have you tried Persona 5? Only Persona 4. Oh, Persona I just 4. went through a lot of cutscenes and then only completed like one battle, I think. So oh, right. that's about it. Yeah, but Persona 4 and 3 are coming next year at some point. So I'm looking forward to playing them. And then it's all the definitive versions. So you got Persona 5 Royale, which is the definitive one. you got Persona 4 Gold and Persona 3 Portable, I think is the definitive version for Persona 3. So you get all the we get all mm. the definitive versions of all the stuff in it. Yeah, it feels like I'm cheating because in Persona, the one we got, Persona Five Royale, uh, you could there's like an item in the game where it like gives you all the DLC items. So you've got like mm. you get a load of money to start, a load of items. It's basically like almost like cheating. It's like oh, I've just made this game super easy for myself because I got all these free items for doing nothing. <laughs> it's like oh well, <laughs> so enjoyable though. Um, yeah, it's fun. I. I a lot of people recommend this game. I think it's really good. I I recommend it as well. It's finally on Xbox. Thank God the Xbox finally gets a game like this. Um, this one, again, I say it every week. This is why Xbox needs to buy Sega. We need to... Yeah. <laughs> Sony needs to become an Xbox franchise. If you... You know, PlayStation, yeah, you get your Final Fantasies and stuff. Well, I have Persona. I prefer to have Persona over Final Fantasy. Yeah, I've said it. You could have Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or whatever. We'll have Persona Six exclusive to Xbox. See how you feel about that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you've been playing this week, or have you just been reading and writing? Because you said you've been a bit more uh, productive part of society I... the last few days by reading and writing a bit more than the actual just being a gamer. <laughs> oh well, Halo Infinite oh, yeah. is what I played. I just uh, grinded to get a Scarlet Hunter visor, oh, yes. uh, which is a really bright red visor. Yeah. It looks really familiar in, in hindsight, and I think that's really nice. Yeah. But um, but then I just grinded out, and I was like so dreaded with this because not that you had to do like complete laser challenges and have to get the specific weapon ones, but you also got like uh, challenges where you complete on certain modes, and it's just like. Oh gosh, it's just really annoying. Yeah, I. I but then, yeah. thankfully, the Halo Infinite is going to be moving away from the made specific challenges soon. Yeah, because recently they reintroduced the Mash XP, which now, which is going to give you more experience based on what you do. Yeah. Also, they're going to do wiki challenges where it repeats the most popular wiki challenge rewards on from seasons one and two so i'm guessing that some of the items from seasons one and two might make a comeback okay. with that and the shop alongside the free battle pass yeah when's the free when, so it's, uh, in it uh this month on like the 8th or the 7th or something november we're getting the new battle pass and the new and the like the winter update uh, next Tuesday, next which is next week. Yeah, so if you guys are interested to see what we think of the winter update, we did a reaction video to the winter update, and that's up on the channel as well. Um, so if you guys are interested in seeing that, we, it's a, a lot of us talk. We, we kind of talked over it to be honest, but it looks really good. I'm really excited for it actually. Um, yeah, I'm really excited because I've I because 
the weekly challenges I don't feel like are enough for a reason for me to play it and I'm like I'm like waiting for like a big update to go back to it I've been playing a lot of Halo Master Chief Collection the last few days as well I forgot to mention that earlier uh, I've been grinding trying to get uh, some mythic items from like the store because it's like there's like a mythic a mythic battle pass or like a mythic pass that like on on yeah. the and I'm trying to unlock the helmets and stuff like that it look kind of cool. I've unlocked the the um, gladiator helmet with like the mohawk thing on it and like the shoulder pads and so that's cool. Uh, I've been playing that a little bit so that's fun. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, Halo Halo Master Chief Collection. You can't go wrong with some classic Halo. Um, I mean, our topic of the show is all about Halo, so we can discuss more about Halo later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so you been have you been enjoying the mass um, Infinite then? Like, do you enjoy just do it, grind it up to get that visor, or are you just are you just do it? No, I just don't really enjoy it that much because no. uh, I think it's just a huge grind, and and to be honest, it was a huge relief when I got it done. Yeah. So. And there's going to be a new battle pass, but I'm just getting less and less interested in like grinding for weekly challenges. Yeah. But it just seems like there's other items I'm interested to get, but it just makes me like really mad if I had to keep going in to keep looking at it or some sort like that. It's yeah. just uh, I just couldn't keep up. I'm looking forward. But to I just it. hope like I I just hope the some of the weekly challenges would return, and I think. I'll be interested to get that because I think there's a few items I missed and that includes the orange and white armor coating for the Rakasha armor. All right. There's a Beltol black visor. That's like really matte black visor that you can get. And I think there's another one I missed too, but I don't remember what it is. But um, what I do hope is for the some of the shop items to come back and you can buy individual season one items yeah. like grey skull visor that is really good we only had a few chances to get it and i missed them all so it should be interesting i'm really looking forward to the winter update though i mean i want to go back and play the campaign again because i've only beaten it the once and i want to do like i want to try and get all the achievements and maybe do some co-op with you i think that'd be a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to mm. doing, uh, obviously the 30 tier battle pass a 30-tier battle pass, I can imagine me completing in a day if it's the same as like the normal battle passes. So I'm going to try and pace myself and not overdo it. Like, I got a load of, um, what's it called? Uh, like, hour, like one hour double XP. Like, I have a load of those stacked up, and I don't mm. use them because I don't want to go through the... I don't want to burn through the battle pass so quickly that i got nothing to do. So I don't even use the double XP anymore. I just play it normally because I, I just want to grind for it normally. Uh, but I literally could probably grind for it in like a week, if that. Like the 30, the 30 tier battle pass is going to be gone really quickly. So I'm going to try and pace myself with that one, I think. Two new maps as well, mm. which is good. Even though they're both made in Forge, so they're not like proper maps. Well, I suppose they're, I don't know. Are they proper maps? Would you consider them proper maps? I don't know. I think I would be rather. I would rather like get the stone. Uh, sorry, the forge maps to come over yeah. and go into the. Uh, I think it was the. Uh, yeah, just hoping they would get into the community list updates. But yeah. according to some like Twitter pages, it will be like. Uh, will be interesting if you get some like. Yeah, yeah. You have someone who's recently hired by three four three. Yeah. And they they are being working with Forge Hub 
who's now working with the playlists. So there's a good chance that someone might actually be working to get community forge maps into playlists. Yeah. And once that's happening, That'd be then that will make Halo Infinite so much better. I mean, there's so many levels they could like go. They could go like from like classic Halo maps. They could do like classic Halo maps going back in time. They could like bring back the pit and stuff like that. You know, there's so many things they could do with it. It would be so interesting. If they, we could get some classic mm. Halo maps made in Forge, I would totally be down for that. Just, just like, mm. you know, a bit more variety. We've been playing the same maps for like over a year now, and there's been no new maps added. Or there's been one new map added, and it's like, it wasn't like that that, that enthralling. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting some new stuff. Uh, I mean, that's all I've been playing this week is Persona 5, Halo, Master Chief Collection, and uh, Grounded, really. Need to go back to Plague Tale. That game looks really. That game's really fun, but I just stopped playing it. I need to go back to it. <laughs> uh, mm. But yeah, that's another one I'm gonna play. Uh, was there anything else you played this week, or should we move on to the news? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, you played a little bit of Plague Tale, but yeah. also it's just like I haven't got round to it, and I think we there could be a delay to the spoiler cast because oh, yeah. I haven't got round to it. But I've also been busy in like writing my book for the National Novel Writing Month, where all you need to do is like you write fifty thousand words uh, in a whole month, yeah. which means you do like sixteen hundred and seventy words every day. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a lot. That's a lot to. Re- I can't write that much. <laughs> I did my dissertation <laughs> for university. That was like what fifteen thousand words. And I, I could, I, I that was too much. I just couldn't do it every. I definitely couldn't do it. Constantly, that's bad madness. I can't. I'm not much of a writer, though. I got dyslexia and dyspraxia, so I always struggle with my writing and stuff. So, yeah. I also forgot to mention as well when we were talking about games we'd be playing. I also I bought this Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's kind of half invisible. I'm showing it up on the screen, but it's kind of invisible because it's uh, green. Yeah, because <laughs> it's partly green. Um, I bought it. Uh, the Put it on Amazon for twenty five quid, and it's got like postcards, Blu ray disc, stickers, postcards, map, digital content. So there's loads of cool stuff on it. So I'm gonna play playing some Cyberpunk mm. at some point next week as well <laughs> when I get a chance. I got so much to play, um, not enough time to play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone says Cyberpunk <laughs> is better now. I, I played it when it first came out, and then I got a refund for it. Uh, but everyone says it's better now, so I thought I'd give it another try. So fingers crossed. I'll let you know if it's any good next week or, or whenever I play it. Uh, so, so that's all I've been playing. So, and you've been writing a lot, so that's cool. Would you like to move on to the news? Yeah, go ahead. So, okay, so we've got a couple of news items. We've got four four news items to go through. So, gonna try and go through them quite quickly. First bit of news. Atomic Heart has officially got its first. It's got its release date. It's coming out the twenty first of February, twenty twenty three. It looks like a good game. It looks like bio Russian Bioshock or like, you know, Western, Eastern well, European. To me, yeah. Well, to me, it did. The only thing that I remember the most about it is got the music by Nick Gordon. Yeah. Who's a composer for the music for Killer Instinct, ah, as well as the uh, Doom games? So I think the Atomic Heart's going to have really good music there. 
But but yeah, it's just all I know. It's just see how it turns out. It looks out. awesome yeah, next year, and it's just like it's yeah. another good game to add to the twenty twenty three. Like twenty twenty two has been a bit quiet for PlayStation uh, for Xbox. We got grounded this year, and we're getting Pentiment this year. We're getting Somerville. So there's a couple of exclusives, but next year is going to be mad. We got Wulong. We got. <laughs> Atomic Heart, we got Forza, we got Redfield, we got Star, uh, we got Starfield, not Redfall, not Redfield, <laughs> Redfall, um, Minecraft, uh, was it uh, Minecraft Legends? I think it's called. And uh, we got so much stuff coming out next year, it's insane. So yeah, Atomic Heart coming out February. Uh, look forward to that. That should be a really big game coming to Game Pass early next year. So that's something to look forward to. I'm very excited for it. I'm definitely going to give it a try. Um, so that's mm. yeah, pretty much just quick quick news that one. We'll move on to the next subject. Uh, PlayStation yes. Plus has lost 2 million subscribers. So Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot to add that. Uh, the seven games leaving Game Pass, but none of the games are not that interesting. Unless you're into like Football well, Manager. We were going to talk about Game Pass, and that's like the next article. That's that's part three. Oh, okay. So yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so PlayStation Plus lost like about two million subscribers. Yeah, which is interesting. I um, I mean, there's a lot you can read into it. I mean, obviously, it's because Xbox is the best, and we're the best console ever, and that's why, of course, <laughs> obviously, no. Um, Based. <laughs> no, I think it's um. I mean, the main reason I think it is is because COVID's kind of gone now. The, the like, I feel like people actually going outside and actually having lives outside of video games uh, that uh, i feel like a lot of people got stuff like netflix and disney plus and playstation network and xbox and all that to keep themselves occupied when they were locked in the house for like two years now everything's kind of almost gone back to normal i feel like a lot of people have cancelled a lot of their like services i think that's probably the main reason why they've gone down by two million this year uh Maybe the new tier system is confusing people. Maybe people are not. Maybe people are like, well, on Xbox I get all their first party games day one, whereas on PlayStation I have to wait a year to get the first party games on the subscription. So maybe the Xbox is like Game Pass is much better value for money. I don't know what I mean. What are, well, what are the reasons are there for it? What do you think? I think I think I'm a bit puzzled there because the what they. PlayStation Plus used to be it's like Xbox Live Gold, yeah. and you get free games with it, which Xbox followed up with. Yeah, but I don't know if it's still in effect. But I think it's just they seem to move into the monthly basis, which you can still pay for the whole year. Yeah, but I think what they introduced is like they try to catch up with the Game Pass, but it just seems like it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like. Is there like PlayStation Now features with it or something so, like that? Because basi- it just seems, because it just seems as if you're paying the bit extra for cloud streaming and PlayStation Classics. Yeah. But that's why I know. Yeah, that, I mean, so there's three tiers of PlayStation Plus. There's the basic PlayStation Plus, which is what I'm on, which is the standard, which is basically Xbox Live Gold. So you get online, you get a free, you get two or three games every every month, which are usually a much better quality than what you get on Xbox Gold. Xbox Gold free games are usually awful, whereas the ones on PlayStation Plus you get some decent stuff. Got FIFA a couple of weeks ago, Hot Wheels, a that's a good game. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk's, some really good stuff the last few months. Uh, so you get a free game, two or three games every month, and then you also have the light, the PlayStation Collection library which is like 30 of the best PS4 games, 
which I'm shocked Xbox hasn't copied suit and done that for basic Game Pass. I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, but then the next tier up is you get access to like the back backlog of, back catalog of PS4 games and PS5 games. So basically, anything that's over a year or two two years old is all on there. And then you could, and then there's a third tier which you could get PS3, PS2, and PS1 games. But PS3 games are only streaming off PS Now. And PS1 and PS2 games are like, you know, basic emulation. Um, but you can't you can't emulate the PS3 games. You have to stream them off the cloud, which is bad as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's that's awkward. Yeah, and, and the prices are all over the place. I, I just stuck to basic PlayStation Plus because I use Game Pass all the time. And I don't see the I don't need the need for I already have too many games to play, and I I don't see the need to have another massive collection of games to play that I can't have time to play them. <laughs> so I mean, just trying to get through my place my uh, Game Pass collection is is completely <laughs> like overwhelming to be honest. Uh, if if it was day and date, so like I got God of War day and date, I probably would get PlayStation Plus, but. I, I, what's the point? I, like, God of War is the only game I'm interested in playing on, playing on my PS5, and I'm not going to be able to play it on PlayStation Plus. So, what's the point? You know, I mean, well, like, I you... haven't, I haven't really like. Uh, I already got like that Game Pass Ultimate, which I'm using the rewards to boost it up. Yeah, but I'm currently not with Switch Online. Yeah, it's just only when I need to get bits like that. Switch. But I might get it when I get Pokemon Fighters. Yeah, but. But that's all I can go for, and I didn't really touch the expansion pass because I can't really see the value of it apart from getting some more Mega Drive for Nintendo sixty four games. Yeah, so but I don't I don't play PlayStation anymore, so it's just a bit pointless. But I don't really use the PC Game Pass as well, so therefore, I think I don't know because I already got so many games that I haven't played yet that I own that I could end up like pausing the game pass and just leave it be yeah I, I've, but who knows so we've uh, so the, the nintendo one is interesting as well you get online games and then you get the nes library you get this super nintendo library uh and then you, if you get the booster pack you get the n64 library you get the animal crossing dlc you get new mario kart tracks every month every two months for the next few years um but yeah stop it's not amazing, but then if it's a fraction of the price of the other two, it's like twenty. I think it's like twenty pound a year or something like that, which is like nothing. Like it's, I think it's cheaper than Xbox Gold and, and PlayStation Plus Basic, so you know it's not too bad. But I think, I think we need. I think Xbox needs to get rid of Xbox Gold at some point. It's free money at the moment, mm. and, they, and they're making a fortune from it, but. It feels like it's a barrier to entry for charging people to play online. I feel like that needs to go sooner rather than later, but we'll see. That's still up in the air. But, but yeah, they've lost 2 million people for a PlayStation Plus, which I'm kind of shocked by, but apparently they're still making more money. Maybe it's because not everyone's been able to get a PS5 yet, and there's still people who haven't been able to migrate across. Maybe a lot of people have jumped over to Xbox, because I, like, you know, I... You know, a lot of people I know have jumped over to Xbox because it is such a good deal on Game Pass. I don't know. It's uh, surprising. I'm shocked by it, to be honest. Well, I'm just tr- tracking and it seems there's a few places where, uh, according to this one, you, it looks as if you can get PlayStation 5 
uh, bundles on like Game or BT, but not all the stores have that have it in stock. And I don't know. It's just you can only get the digital edition, which is fine because yeah. I would be like going for that. Because if I were to get the PlayStation Five, I'd be going for the digital edition of all it. Right. Because I don't really see the point of like getting the disc one. I would only be playing it just to, like get the exclusives on it. Yeah. But given the how expensive the exclusives the digital games are, it just seems as if you're better off buying the disc. Yeah. And yet you spend like over five hundred quid on it. Yeah. And I think it's just like it's got extra price on it. It's just got uh, like less units, and that's in like about probably two years after it just been released. Yeah. It's just it's just a absurd. Now compare that to Xbox Street Series S. Yeah. A lot of the places do actually have Xbox Series X in stock in many places now, so yeah. you're not that far off to get it. Whereas with Xbox Series S, you could get it like anywhere yeah. for just 250 quid. I did actually consider getting myself one because soon I'll be like setting up a streaming, uh, setting up some game streaming on my Mac Mini. Yeah. And I think I might consider getting the Xbox Series S, but yeah. I think I might as well get an Xbox One X to set it up with it and right. see how it goes. If it works and if I get money from Twitch, yeah. Xbox Series S. The S is ideal for streaming because it only does ten. It doesn't do four K, but it still plays all the latest games. So, so it's like it's ideal for streaming. Most people use it as a streaming box, as you said. I think that works. If you like Twitch streaming, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good plan. The X isn't as powerful. The Xbox One X isn't as powerful as the Xbox Series S, but you might be able to get away with it. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so, should we move on to this week's well, November's Game Pass games? So, you were talking about games leaving Game Pass. There is a load of good games coming to Game Pass in November. Um, we got a, I got a huge list of them, so I'll just read them off. The Legend of yep. Tin, uh, Tendon, Tendoning? I don't have no idea. How, how do you pronounce that? T-I-N-D-I-N-G. Tidening. The Legend of Tidening. Am I, am I mm. pronouncing that right? I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. The, I don't mind. The, Just keep the on. Walking Dead, the, A New Frontier, The Walking Dead, Michonne, Ghost Song, mm. Football Manager 2023, Return to Among Island, Vampire Survivors, Pentiment, Somerville, and Gungrave Gore. Um, I mean... Pentiment and Somerville are both coming out the same day, and they're both massive games for Xbox this year. Why? Why do Xbox always release everything on the same day? It really annoys me. So Somerville is made by one of the directors from Limbo and uh, Inside. So that's and it's a big exclusive for Xbox. Um, well, which one is it? Somerville. Is and they showed it. Why I never heard of it before. It was on but... the game. It was on their press conf- the E three press conference two years ago. Uh, it's like alien. It's like two D platformer with like alien invasion, uh, and it's made by the. I said it's one of the directors from Inside and uh, and uh, Limbo, so it looks really cool. And that's like a big game for us. And then we got Pentiment, which is being made by Obsidian and the director John Sawyer, uh, Tom Sawyer, 
John Sawyer, I, think, I can't remember. Uh, the director for <laughs> the guy who directed Fallout New Vegas is directing a small, like ten person team RPG called Pentiment, which is like looks like art, like a like a painting, a Renaissance painting. Uh, so we got two really big, well, really big indie games, like big, really big small games coming out on the same day, both coming out on November the fifteenth. Which is annoying because I want to play both of them, but they're both coming out on the same day. I don't know why. I don't know why Xbox always um, release everything on the same day. It's so annoying. <laughs> they do it all the time. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I would rather get a Pokemon Violet on November fifteenth. Oh, the so oh, really Pokemon's like... out on that day as well. Oh my god! I think you're mentioning about that oh, too. No. Oh, I just remember you. You're right. Well, I just you're right. Pokemon's I out. I think that it day. could be on like. Eighteenth uh, of November, I think. It's the eighteenth, so... is it? Oh, it gives me three days then. If it's the eighteenth, have to look at it. <gasps> oh my god, is this Toby Fox like composing music for the game for Pokemon? Or uh, yeah. yeah, because he did one of the pieces of music for uh, just so was it the just one of the pieces of music for Sword and Shield. He did, yeah. But now, according to... The over- I think he did Fox, the Overworld. Yeah, I think he does the Overworld theme for the new uh, Pokemon game, I think he said. Which is pretty cool. Damn, I didn't... Like I didn't Fox. know that. And also, you get more Toby Fox into it, too. But I think that is perfect. Oh, my Absolutely God. My he- perfect. So, we got Pokemon. I've, I've already pre-ordered Violet. So, Pokemon Violet, Somerville, and Pentamental on the same day. And, like, how am I going to play all that? And then God of War's out a week before that. Uh, my head. <laughs> I think I would stick with just uh, Pokemon, but yeah. I don't know, because I'm starting to think more about Pokemon Scarlet. Yeah. But then I did, like, I was going to go for Pokemon Shield, then I ended up with Pokemon Sword. Yeah. And we didn't meet up for trades, because I needed some people to, like, trade Pokemon with. Oh, well, I'll but trade with you. I was so interested in... Sorry? I'll definitely trade yeah, you yeah. this time. No problem. Uh, I'll probably end up. But I was thinking. Buying... But I was thinking of like uh, getting Pokemon Violet originally because of this futuristic Pokemon. Yeah, that's why. But I now I'm just thinking about Pokemon Scarlet, and I'm thinking like I might get that. But I think I'll just head check up on the exclusives and see yeah. which is better for the version. Which is why I am not going to pre-order the game until it comes out. Fair. So then I can get it, and hopefully it will be reduced in price, so I can get it on physical. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe that's coming out the same day. And then also, on Game Pass as well, Return to Monkey Island's a big deal as well. So that's like the new Monkey Island game. Uh, oh, right. So that's coming I... out as well. On the... I thought I did realise it was coming to Game Pass, which is awesome. Um, so that's I've... kind of cool. Uh, I think you get all the Walking Dead games on like Game Pass now, yeah. both on console and PC, which is nice. Yeah, free achie- and easy achievements. And also the Football Manager 2023... 20, is coming out on Game Pass, which at the same time, the previous version of the Football Manager is being removed from Games Pass. So, but then, I think the Gungarave goal is interesting because I think the Gungarave came out of the PlayStation 2 and involved someone, like, shooting their guns and got a grave behind their back. So, it's another Japanese game that comes out on Game Pass. I've never heard of it. I think this one is interesting, but I think given the lot lots of stuff to do in doing during November, especially in November the fifteenth. I think Gungrave will be just like treated like some kind of niche for people to go for. It's a lot of choice. But I think it's a good month for Game Pass. 
Uh, you know, it's it's not like double. It's not like triple A. It's not like any big triple A games. But if you're like if you like a good good indie games, there's plenty of choice there. You know, I think there's a lot to play. I'm gonna. Oh, there's too much to play. God damn it! <laughs> Do you know what's also coming out on November the fifteenth? Uh, no. Go on. Uh, you think this? You think there's going to be another game that you may end up worrying about, and as an extra thing? Well, it's not Sonic, is it? That is that that that's that's, that's the eighth Sonic. That's the seventh, I think. Frontiers. I had a big list of games oh. coming out. I'm trying to think what it is now. Nah, I'm not that interested in that. But on the November the fifteenth, it's Ruby Hour. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Rayford has recently announced Sorry. that. Ruby Arafeld, after giving some video silence and Rayford being quiet about it, they decided to announce the release date for it as 15th of November, and it will come out on Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. But I think it's only going to be like you have to pay for it, which I don't know if there's a price for it. Actually, hang on. Let's see if it's got a price for it. Um, Oh, no, it doesn't reveal what the price... price is so i don't know if it's like 10 or 30 quid uh, but i think given the, all this stuff happening this year and because of how i felt about the show i think i just decided to wait on it and see if it like gets a price drop or anything like that yeah. because even if i distance from ruby now i think the game could be quite interesting like you could switch characters and use their abilities to break stuff like it has a little bit of shanty with it, but it's. But I think it's more psycho fox than, uh, than with uh, was it, the shanty? Oh, because okay. I don't know if you heard of psycho fox no. and master system. <laughs> you just go. It's a platform where you go around and you switch between characters to gain, like changed abilities. Like you have a fox okay. that's like normal. Hippo breaks boulders. There's a, a tiger that runs fast, and there's a monkey that just like jumps jumps up high. Yeah, that's what... I think the ruby is just like a bit similar to that. Okay. Only you use their semblances in order to get through the level. All right. Okay. I've not seen it. I'll have to have a look into it. It's funny because I was gonna say you managed to get ruby into every episode of the podcast. That's like the, that's a recurring thing as well. Did we? Yeah. Well, you do. I, I'm, I'm like okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm. Um. Yeah. So that's all that's coming to Game Passes. There's a lot. So November looks interesting. It's going to be a stacked month. Um. So up next, we got the Phil Spencer interviews. He's basically done a couple of interviews. He was on Wall Street Journal, and he was also on the same Brain podcast with I Justine and her sister. Uh, just chatting. Um. Uh, some some interesting stuff came out from it. Nothing like too groundbreaking. Uh, I mean, like, they've said it about 20 times, yet people don't seem to listen. He said, Call of Duty will be on PlayStation as long as there's a PlayStation. It's going to be like Minecraft. He said that multiple times, yet Good. people only just, only just people, uh, oh, oh, is that, the, is that the case? Like, yeah, he's been saying that since day one, since the Activision deal was announced, they've been saying that, but whatever. Um, he I also just can't believe people can be a bit... Uh... Stupid to be able to keep thinking otherwise. Yeah, but I think it's just they trying to, like, like 
they've been very pessimistic about yeah. it when obviously Microsoft is just buying Activision. Just let them just get let, on just with let it. do it, yeah. So uh, they said the so the main reason they wanted to buy Activision is not because of Call of Duty, is because they have uh, they already have a mobile division with King, and also Blizzard is really good with PC, and they wanted to Xbox wanted to branch out with the PC and the mobile spaces because they've already kind of got the console space started. They already got all the developers doing that, so they wanted to get Blizzard and they wanted to get King to move into mobile and to PC a bit more as well and expand the Xbox brand a bit more. So that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Like they all they yeah. talk about is Call of Duty, yeah, but then uh, they're buying Candy Crush and Diablo Immortal, which are like massive money sinks on mobile. And then they're also going to be getting like Overwatch and stuff like that. It's like so many big games they'll be getting. And literally only people care. Um, World of Warcraft. And they only care about Call of Duty. That's the only thing that anyone ever seems to talk about. Whereas they're getting so many big cash cows from Activision. It's crazy. From the APK deal. Um, well, uh, before I stop you, um, there's. Uh, I found an article that says that from PC Gamer. EU is about to launch an advanced probe into the Microsoft Activision deal, as the sources said. So sources tell Politico that European Commission plans to open an in-depth phase two investigation into Microsoft's $68 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Then, before the midnight tonight, they will be looking through on what the kind of deals is it, and it's a phase two of it yeah and i think it's just the case whether whether it works and whether the xbox is slightly too stick to the promises of allowing some content to be available for playstation yeah but i think it's just a i think the people especially sony are just fearing as if it will just starve off a lot of the bits for it yeah. but i think it's just like being overblown oh yeah and and then it's just like trying to treat this as a huge thing. But I think it's just a case of like Sony having their way and just preventing this from ever happening. And it's just, yeah. it's just wrong. Yeah, I mean, really wrong. Xbox is like third place, PlayStation and Nintendo are way out front of them. And this is like, I feel like even if they did get Activision, they're still going to be third place. This is them trying to actually make competition in the, in the space and trying to actually close the gap. Uh, but, uh, yeah, PlayStation seem to be hellfest on trying to stop them closing the gap. They don't want competition. They want to be untouchable, basically, in the in the console space. And it's uh, it's sad, really. Just let let Xbox complete. God, um, hmm. yeah. So I mean, that's the. Uh, I mean, we talk about the APK deal all the time. It's kind of, it, I just it's, I just wanted to get done now. It's getting on my nerves, to be honest. Um, hmm. Yeah. So Phil Spencer also mentioned that. His current game in obsession is Cult of the Lamb, which is supposed to be a really good indie game that I haven't got around to play it. It's supposed to be satanic Animal Crossing, basically. You're meant to like be an evil lamb who has a cult, and you like go around building, build. It's like Animal Crossing, but you like have to sacrifice people and go out and fight and stuff. Apparently, it's supposed to be really good. I've heard good things about it. I've not got bad. I've not got around to playing it, but I've heard good things. And I was really hoping it come to Game Pass. It hasn't yet, so uh, fingers crossed. Well, if Phil Spencer's played it, maybe he will come to Game Pass. I don't know. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, also, 
Game Pass is profitable, which people have been debating about for years. How can it be possible? How can it be profitable? Is it profitable? Yes, it is. Apparently, it's 15% of Xbox's uh, revenue comes from Game Pass. 15% of the money that they make for our, through console sales and game sales is through Game Pass subscriptions. So they make they still make they making a fair chunk of money from it, making two point nine billion a year through Game Pass, and that's just on P, that's just on a console, not including PC Game Pass, which is interesting and, and a, it's a big big deal. I think that's they're making a nice bit of change every uh, every every year through through Game Pass. It's growing at a nice rate. They said that they're kind of getting to a saturation point with consoles and they want to try and spread out a bit, but they're still making a fairly big bit of change with their Xbox Game Pass. Um, mm. I love Game Pass. I think it's the best deal in gaming and I'm, I'm happy about it. I mean, we made a big... So, we made a big video about this on the channel. It's done really well uh, about the prices not going up, but everyone's saying that they're going up. That was also part of these these uh these interviews. I'll touch on it briefly. So Phil Spencer said that the prices are going to stay the same over the holidays, and the one day the prices for Xbox games might go up. In some day in the future, they're not going to stay the same price forever. And everyone took that as prices are going up next year, which I don't understand how you can extrapolate that from that. How you can jump from like jump from. The one day they'll go up to next year, they're going up. I don't know how you could jump from that, jump to that conclusion, and it really wound. Yeah. We made a video about it and how it really wound me up and grinded my gears. <laughs> uh, but so far, it's still been attracting views and comments from from everyone. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank, thank you, you for watching the video. Yeah. Because I thought it was just basically us fetting off and just like, well, I saw it. Like it was widely sacrificing. Be- yeah, it's just like it's sacrificing our reputations just to like talk about how bad it's about the clickbait yeah. articles and how people think as if Xbox prices are going up. But yeah. combined with the Activision deal, it just seems as if Xbox is the one that's been like victimized here. Yeah. And like it just seems as if people just don't really want Xbox to win. No. But this is ridiculous. It's just like saying, oh, the Game Boy Advance or the Nintendo Game Boy is so good that Sega Game Boy is just like so bad. Yeah. So they just threw Sega out of the competition and just keep Nintendo as the solace name for the handhelds. Yeah. And now it just seems like as if people think oh, Sony is all you can think about when it comes to games platforms. But no, it's just like Sony's been like anti-consumer in the moment. Very, very anti-consumer. And it just seems as if like uh, it's just like this when they have so much power and they have no like if they don't have any challenges when it comes to their products and everything like that yeah. then they will just continue to raise prices they just try to exactly. like offer more services and it just seems as if it just turns it into an absolute premium service when Xbox doesn't have any of those sort of things yet yeah. so it's just like like they don't want anyone else to compete, exactly. so they would aim to like trying to make PlayStation more the premium service and just like prune out all those who could not be able to afford any of this. It's just it's, yeah, mess. I totally agree, and it was, it was, like, uh, the action that actually came up in the ABK deal as well. Like 
uh, Xbox mentioned that they were saying that PlayStation are untouchable, they're number one, and they can raise the prices of their consoles without even worrying about losing sales. They put their prices up, and they haven't it hasn't hit them at all. Um, it's, it's it's like they need to. Xbox is way out in third place. They're way out far back. They need to be able to compete. So getting this, getting the APKA deal over the line is would be great. And then, uh, yeah, and people spreading this stuff about the raising prices when it's not true is very frustrating. Even when the Xbox podcasts are saying it, it's like they say one day in the future they will put the prices up and it won't be the same price forever. As far as I'm concerned, that's saying that that's down the line i don't understand why people are like going oh next year they're putting their prices up i, I don't understand how you can jump from one thing to, like that's like jumping to conclusions and yeah it's meant it's mad it's mad i don't like it um i don't like how when xbox say we're going to keep the prices the same for the rest of the year the article turns into the prices are going up next year so they took the they always take the negative from everything instead of focusing on the positive, which is click clickbait and uh, sensational journalism, which is really annoying. Well, it's not just that Sony that's doing the Sony price increases. Amazon this week the price of the Amazon Prime. Yeah. Like I don't know, but they're raising prices for Apple is raising prices everywhere, yeah. and it looks like the new models are likely to get huge increases and so far people are just like thinking as if the new ipad models are not necessary yeah. and you should and they encourage people to get them either refurbished or used because you get like older models that are, performs at the similar kind of performance yeah. for much less so, and i think it's because it's just a more reacting to global markets yes. or something like that and it's just like like as if uh, they feel the economies are not really good over those places, so they raise the prices up there. Yeah. So it's just. I mean, Netflix. It's just not wrong. Netflix has gone up in price. Disney Plus gone up in price. Boo. Uh, VR. Boo. I forgot. Uh, it's like VR headsets. I can't remember what the VR headset was. They released it a year ago, and now it's gone up by a hundred quid. I can't remember what it's called now, but that was the first like hardware to go up in price. Um. Yeah, I'm not really into VR, so I didn't really care. But it's still like it's frustrating. Uh, like everyone's struggling to pay for like food and water and the heating and, and like a house of like a roof over their head. People have thought people can barely afford to live at the moment. So putting the price is like we'll charge you seventy dollars for a game. Like okay, that's really unfair and really like a bit like shitty of you for to to do that. But okay. Um, Frustration. Frustration. I love Game Pass. I think it's a really good deal. If they did put the price of Game Pass up, I would still probably get it because I think even if it was like another two, three quid a month, I would still think it's a worthwhile investment. I think it's a very good service. But they didn't say mm. they're putting the prices up, so I don't understand why that people are jumping to that conclusion. Uh, they said one mm. day they will, but like that's inevitable. Everything goes up in price eventually, like inflation, right? Um, but they, mm. they haven't confirmed that when they're doing it or anything like that. And if they're going to do it anytime soon, it, as I said, it might be like another three or four years away for all we know. Like forever's a long time. <laughs> when they say not for, mm. like, you know, we're not going to keep the same price forever. That's not saying that they're going to put the price up next week. So I didn't understand why people jump to conclusions. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's all the news for today. 
Uh, we were going to move to our topic of the show, if that's all right, unless you wanted to talk about it yep. anymore. So, yeah, our topic of the show. This was your kind of idea, uh, so I'll let you pitch mm-hmm. it and talk about it. Uh, basically, what the idea was like, how to fix Halo, right? I mean, that was the, the, the basic premise. Uh, well, allow me to explain because yeah, I think we're just like trying to come up with ideas for different topics like every week. We were thinking of like doing the spoiler cast for the playtale, but I think it could be much further away because of how we're doing at the moment. But we may decide to stick with Grounded because we enjoy it so much, so we may decide to pick whichever topics we can think yeah. of. But I think there's some milestones with it. There's a. Uh... <coughs> Some anniversaries for like Halo's four and five, yeah. and there's also like Halo Infinite is about to reach the first year, so I don't know if we'd be covering those, but there's also like talks about possible topics we can go for. Yeah, but we could do a clip of a show episode where we can take the best bets and put it into the episode, but then that just depends really. Yeah, but well, I come up with this idea now. Here's why I just brought this up. Because on YouTube, there's mentions of rewrites that happen around their favourite shows. I've seen the Halo feature me doing rewrites of uh, Legend of Korra. Right, okay. And and I think he didn't like all those bits of it. And there's also a few rewrites on Ruby because people don't like Rooster Teeth. Oh, right, okay. I think a lot of them are like mean-spirited. Yeah. But... The reason we're going to touch on like rewriting of Halo right. is because um, the future of 343 is uncertain. Yeah. It looks like there could be a chance of recovery, and I think they're more likely to focus on like building more games, possibly in Unreal, and be exploring more of the Endless Saga. Yeah. Like, the Banished is really good, mm. but then there's also the Prometheans, which I thought it would be really good. Yeah. And there's a government, which is been there gone and i think it's just only like it ends up having some creative conflicts there but also it's just like it went through a reboot it changed the story and i think it just goes into a huge spaghetti of all those things when obviously what bungie came up with is just perfect yeah so this is the reason why that we're not we're doing this rewrite because we don't like it it's because it's not that we don't like any of the people involved with it. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. We like I like the novels and I like the some of the stuff of it. But we also like treat it as some kind of creative exercise that we have this what if that yeah. we got the writer's keys to the Halo franchise. So you and me, like if we have a job to task to completely reboot Halo's storyline yeah. and deliver the new experience then what it would be like so we can like discuss about it okay so I mean so I've written this I've written around a couple of things that I was thinking about when it comes to it but it's obviously as we've just discussed you just basically I think that was a good summary what you just did so that was good thank you uh, but also for people who are not listening so we, we're talking purely plot of the game when it comes to the storyline not we obviously we like we want more content on the multiplayer. We want a new battle pass on the multiplayer. We want new maps, new modes. That's all. Yeah, we know that. It's this is more about the storyline of the single player, like co-op multi the single player story. What we would change, right? I mean, that's that's essentially the premise of this. Um, 
Yeah, uh, well, I think when it comes to gameplay, it is straight and simple. We just take Halo Reach and base the game off it. Yeah. None of this competitive stuff from the Halo 4 and 5, and none of the simplicity from Halo Infinite. Right. It's just taking everything we love about Halo Reach and make it just as really as good as Halo 3. Yeah. Because the, what Bungie did is just absolutely fine. It's just someone has to change the formula just to compete with the other games yeah. when... It was totally unnecessary. I mean, Halo 4 was essentially just called a Call of Duty clone, which was very frustrating. When Halo had its own identity, it had its own feel to it. Then Halo 4 came around, just like, let's have kill streaks and let's have bloody uh, ar- like armor perks and stuff like that. And I basically Call of Duty stuff, and it's like, that's not what Halo is. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so storyline wise, so let's have a look at the story. So for me, I feel like. The Bungie trilogy is pretty much perfect. I, I, there's some things you could change, but I wouldn't really touch the the, the Bungie trilogy to be honest. Halo one, two, three, and then even Reach as well, and even ODST. Uh, I, there's not really much I would change for those games. Uh, it's where we get into the three, four, three like era, and the three, four, three trilogy is where we start to feel like we need to do some rewrites. I personally think. I mean, do you agree with that, or do you? Well. Well, actually, I'm always thinking of like having an actual reboot. Right. Like, the Bungie's trilogy is fine, but you said about all those bad things about it. I think there's a lot of positive things. Yeah. It gets the right kind of feel with it, and the events of Halo 1, it's just like really good. Yeah. Like, you unleash ancient evil coming out. Yeah. But I think it's just like you expect to be facing against the government and try to deal like take over Halo but it turns out it's actually a cont- it subverts into a quarantine yeah. and you unleash the monsters but I think the Halo 2 is just like it's a bit of a mess because you just got like an avatar subplot uh, and there's a Master Chief storyline and then it just comes into like uh, the point where yeah. Master Chief flies over to the Merth and then it turns out uh, uh, it's the game's over, and then it leads into the second part, which is Halo gonna, 3. I was gonna say, uh, what were you saying? I was going to say, um, obviously, spoiler warnings. If you haven't played Halo, then we, we're going to spoil the complete plot of the Halo series. Uh, so uh, if you haven't played Halo, please come back at another time when you finish the Halo series. Don't listen, because like, we're going to basically spoil the whole lot here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot, I, I think that's something we should mention before we get too in detail. And then this character dies, and like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna be... I'm, I'm not mentioning any character tests. No, but I'm just all saying. All that matters yeah, yeah. is that, yeah, because all that matters is just like the way the story structured in Halo Two. Like it's good, fun moments, but I think it's just not like well rounded. And I yeah. think it's as if it hasn't been like organized and it just goes into an abrupt ending, which back then people didn't particularly like. Then Halo Three, yeah. you go into Earth. And then you realise there's a portal into the Ark which controls all the Halo rings. Yeah. And you thought, this is a huge crisis that's going to end everything. But then it's not because no. there's Halo rings and you basically try to prevent Flood from taking over the universe. Yeah. And that's all that matters. But I think it just tries to make a huge definitive ending to this whole thing when it obviously marks the beginning of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I suppose you're true. I mean, like, the original trilogy, it kind of wraps up. I mean, uh, what I was going to mention is that also 
with the original trilogy, it ends on a on a, a it kind of ends on a cliffhanger a little bit. But I feel like did three four three need to bring back Master Chief? Like that's a big question. With Halo Four, could we have just left it at that point where where like could we have just like literally could we have Chief floating in space and then that could have been the end of his story? Did we need to bring him back just to fight the yeah? the Prometheans, which are pretty bland characters, the Prometheans, to be honest. Well, well, I have to say that. Um, Halo 4 has brought back Master Chief. Like, it's just a mess, because Master Chief comes back, and he's facing the Prometheans, but it turns out that it wasn't really creative. Like, it's really cool to have this, like, uh, some kind of metallic monsters yeah. that comes around and you just beat them and I thought yeah that's really interesting and then their weapons are like very similar to human weapons yeah. and and when you know that there's the government who comes back you know that the people are just feeling this is not a Halo game unless you throw in the government yeah. so they threw that in but they really initially thought as if government's done in like Halo 3 and as if like oh it's just all done and now they just come back but then Halo Five, it just came over. Like they tried to introduce Team Osiris in, yeah. and they're supposed to be that actual characters. But then they only like mentioned a few parts of like Blue Team, where it's got Master Chief, and it introduces more characters in. But you didn't see any of them ever again. No. Which then in Halo Infinite, you just go straight back to Master Chief. So it just seems as if the story. They just that. couldn't get this. They just couldn't get the whole identity right. Like, they were expecting something else different than, like, following Master Chief. Yeah. But it just seems like as if they're not really sure if they're going to continue, like, the actual theme of Halo or whether they're going to try new ideas. But I think they're free for free. It's just, like, turned into a little bit of a mess when it comes to that. And that's where it just gets a little bit muddled up. I mean, like, you have the same argument when it comes to Star Wars, like... There's a massive universe of thousands and thousands of characters, thousands of pilots, yet everything seems to revolve around the Skywalkers. Like, Halo is such a massive universe with so many characters and so many variety, yet everything always comes back to Master Chief and Cortana. Like, every time, it's always those two characters. When you can branch out so many, there's so many new characters you could do. Like, the Arbiter, being Arbiter in Halo 2, was interesting and unique, and it had a nice twist to it. Like, why, why can't we do more of that? Um, I was going to mention the fact that, like, um, okay, so I mean, spoilers for Halo 4, I guess. The ending of Halo 4, I thought, was emotional. It was well done with with Cortana going, like, rampant and then disappearing and then gone and, like, basically dying. And then they kind of they retconned that in the next game and it made no sense. And then, and then, in, the, and then in Infinite, they just didn't even mention it and they, like, it's like all the Katana stuff they messed up after that. It's like they should have just killed her off and then let her die. That's it. That should have been it. They, why'd they bring it? It's the same thing as Master Chief. They wrapped him up perfectly in, in 343, uh, before 343 pulled him up. They wrapped, it, they wrapped up Master Chief perfectly in Halo 3. They could have just left it. And then they wrapped up Cortana quite well in Halo 4. And then they brought her back and it made no sense to me. It's like, ugh. And then obviously to. It's just like saying. Uh... There's Star Wars prequels where it turns out there's a social movement, whether this is, where <clears throat> there's the prequels that says that Jedi's 
a really like chosen and has to follow the strict regime. Yeah. But in the sequels, it's swinging back cons. Yeah. Then there's like episode seven sets up the whole thing, and then episode eight is just like, like, like they just finish many of the interesting plots they have in the episode seven, and like tries to like complete them all and just try to yeah. uh, get rid of the many characters and then a lot of things are like retcons in like episode 9 and it just yeah. seems as if they're following t- different ends of this whole narrative yeah. and I think this is just where the sequels I where I just don't particularly enjoy what Disney's doing to this whole thing, it just seems as if they haven't really decided on what's the ever theme of it, yeah. like is it going to be new or is it going to be Old, yeah. but I think it's volume nine. This by far, episode nine is by far like it just tries to tie up loose ends when it just ends up with a lot of like ridiculous plots. Yeah. It's just I mean on. spoilers for Star Wars as well. We're gonna go with spoilers, but I'm just like like um like it, 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 I feel like uh, Last Jedi. The whole point of it was you don't need to be. You don't need to be related to an uh, to a Skywalker or anything. You could be an anybody, and you could still become a Jedi, and you could be powerful, and you can still be a great warrior. And then in Episode Nine, they go, "No, you have to be related to someone. You have to be related to someone who's got powers. Otherwise, you're not very important to the plot." It's like, "Oh, okay, thanks." <laughs> like in Episode Eight, they had a good. good I felt like had, it was a nice twist to be like, "You're not related to. You're not the." It's like I am not your father. Like it's like a reverse flip twist of the original. I thought that would have been. I thought that was really well done, and then they fucked it up there and by like retconning it back. You're like, why? Why did you do that? Uh, yeah, uh, I like Star Wars, and it annoys me. So yeah, it's the same. I prefer. That's why I prefer the prequels to the sequels because so, like, prequels uh, is not that. It's not. It's a bit flat, yeah, but at least it gets the coherent plot compared to, to the sequels. And it just like re- reheats all the stuff that you like in the originals. There's more memes in the in the prequels than the uh, the new ones. That, that, like, they're very meme heavy now. <laughs> like you can basically what basically there's a meme for like pretty much every single quote from episode three. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the fun begins and all this like you can quote the whole yeah. film in, in, in memes um, yeah we're talking about Star Wars but yeah uh, so when it comes to Halo we'll get back on track now so spoilers for Halo 4 they kill Cortana right so they bring Cortana back in Halo 5 and she's like I am now evil I am part of the machine <laughs> I am evil and I'm gonna kill everyone I'm like okay that's a bit of a change of character. All right, fine. If you wanted to do evil Cortana, I was like, okay, okay, for whatever. That's fine. I'll deal with it. And then in Halo Infinite, it's like that whole plot is like just gone. They haven't even mentioned it. They don't even mention It's like, it feels like it's like there should be a Halo 6 between Halo Infinite and Halo 5. It's like, there's like, there's, yes. there's, it feels like there's a whole game missing in the middle. Like, where's Cortana? Why is Cortana gone? They don't mention any of that until like the end of the game. And it's like, oh, okay. But it's just like it's it's um yeah I liked Infinite for what it was but I feel like the I feel the plot was pretty decent I think they left it in a good place but it feels like Episode Five was the it's the same thing as Star Wars which we just said they like they tried something with Episode with Halo Five people didn't like it so then they just completely backtracked and completely 
acting like it never happened. It's like, oh, Katana's evil? No, 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 that never happened. You didn't see that. No, 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 that, forget that happened. <laughs> forget Cortana's evil. <laughs> I can say that the evil Cortana in Halo 5, which I feel is a wasted opportunity, yeah. but there's a lot of similarities between her and the other character that Jane Taylor voices yeah. is Salem and Ruby. Uh. Like, if you compare those both, you can definitely tell the differences. Yeah. But... Cortana has a much better delivery than, like, say the... What's the name of the actress again? Sorry? Jen Taylor. Sorry? The actress. Yeah, Jen Taylor. Yeah, Jen Taylor, right, she voices three characters in Halo. She voices Cortana, the new AI, which we assume is called Cortana as well, because she said, I'm coming up with my own name. Oh, you mean the weapon? The weapon, yeah. But she has her own name. But that's the same, is it? I think she says she's going to call herself Cortana or something at the end. And then, um, oh, what's this? And and Dr. Halsey as well. So she voices Doctor yes. Halsey, Cortana, and the, and the weapon, and they all they all sound normal, yet they all sound different. You know which one's which one's talking. It's really she's a very very good actress. I think I, the fact that she can play all three characters, you can tell which like you can tell which characters talking, even when they're like interactive. It's weird. It's really well done though. She can I like, do all three characters well, differently. Well, I can stop you that. Um... I noticed a difference because Dr. Halsey is the original scientist yeah. who created the Cortana. She sounds a bit more, like, more older and, well, if you didn't mind, but... That's fine, go But ahead. she just, but she goes in a more stern and more, like, yeah. downbeat voice and just seems as if she has, uh, has some kind of seriousness in her voice. There's the original Cortana, who has a bit of a sass, and she's made based on Dr. Halsey. Yeah. And and she's just like, well, it just like link goes between like, like, it's not like a cheery or, oh, not cheery, but it just seems like... Happy. She's either like pa- active or passive, but she does have some like cheekiness to the her. Weapon. Then, I feel like the weapon is... And then it's a weapon... The weapon is also like more upbeat yeah. and more cheery, and it has a bit of a more youthful voice. And that is based on like Naive. Cortana, who's designed to like trap Cortana in a certain pace. Yeah. I feel also the weapon as well is like naive. Like she's like, she's like <laughs> still like, hey, maybe this person's going to be a friend. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like, that's not going to be a friend. It's like, it's like. Like Master Chief has to kind of teach her the way. It's like, um, like there's like there's this there's a thing there's like a trope now in gaming which has been the thing for the last couple of years where it's the older man looking after the younger child. Where you got like <laughs> jo- Joel and Ellie, and you got Kratos and uh, what's his name? Can't remember his son. But basically, that's like a thing that, and then like obviously like uh, now you got. And you got Clementine and that from The Walking Dead, but it, it basically, like, I feel like they kind of gone with that trope a bit as well. Whereas, like, Master Chief is kind of teaching her the ropes, even though she's more intelligent. He's kind of teaching her how to be, and like, also he, she's making him more human because he's always he's become more and more cold and uh, robotic. I like the story for Halo. I like the story for Halo Infinite. I thought it was really good. I just feel like it kind of jumped. Like, like, who the hell are these people? Why is, where's Cortana gone? So I kind of didn't mention... Like, there should be a, a middle bit, a Halo 6, or like a filler a filler arc, just to fill the gap. 
<laughs> between five and well, internet. Well, they did cut down a lot of characters. Yeah. Like, they focused mainly on, like, three characters, and there's only, like, two antagonists yeah. with it. But I think they just narrowed down the scope too much. Oh, I think it's good. When they could have covered with Thomas Lasky and Sarah Palmer yeah. from the Halo's 4 to 5, but they seem to be, like, sidelined, and you can hear, only hear them in, like, logbooks. Yeah. And there's also, like, the bunch of characters, like, Team Osiris or the rest of the members of Blue Team. And I think they could have, like, jumped in and added a bit of extra dimension to the storyline. Yeah. But it just seems as if they focus on, like, Master Chief, the pilot, and yeah. the, uh, well, the weapon. The weapon. And it just seems as if it just sticks on that trio. But I think they could have had a little bit of expansion with different characters. Yeah, so I think uh, and and the weapon, uh, the, uh, the pilot, Fernando... As Paz, I had to Google that. <laughs> it's Fernando. His name's Fernando, but yeah, the the pilot. That's revealed at the ending, yeah. actually. Oh, spoilers! Sorry, guys. <laughs> but no, he's. <laughs> I thought like he was a very good character, and I felt like it was good for the dynamic, because like obviously in the original Halo, you got Cortano and Master Chief, and then they bounce off each other. Whereas I feel like handing him in was like a nice trifecta. You kind of got like uh, the serious ch- uh, Chief. You got the optimistic. Uh, weapon, and then you got in the pessimistic uh, Fernando, the let's get out of here, let's just leave, I want to go home <laughs> kind of guy, you know. Um, I really, I really think, yeah, I thought they nailed it with him. I think Halo Infinite, I mean, spoilers for the tier list, is the best 3 for 3 Halo game. I think it's got the best multiplayer and the best story of any of the games they've made. It's just a shame that they kind of. There's yeah, there's like the intro is a bit weird, it's a bit abrupt, but it, I think it works for what it is. I don't know. I just said it's smaller scale, but then it's also kind of big scale as well, which is a yeah. It's a I just think like uh, the Bungie's games offer the better story. Yeah. I really enjoy them. Bungie's superior and it's followed by <laughs> yeah, it's just like followed by uh, Halo Infinite, and that's before Halo 4, and yeah. then Halo 5, which, to me, Halo 5 has the worst story yeah. out of the mainline games. But but I think the Halo Wars 2 has a really sick story, and I yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, And it's just almost as if it's part of this whole thing, because they already established the bunch of characters, and it just shows how much of a threat the Banished are. Banished which is good. why I'm very glad that the banished gets thrown into halo infinite and i thought wow that's good yeah but they should have like focused on that rather than having to throw the endless in too yeah well we haven't seen the endless yet but... they're still like talked about but they haven't really mentioned the end well kind of we got the we had the main endless i don't know so if we re- so hmm. we, we were talking about we uh rewriting the story well, so would all, you rewrite the have to... whole series or would you just rewrite from where Three for three left off. Like, where would you want to rewrite it from? I would wish to add first that you said about like the Master Chief, like as if he's like important. But I really still enjoy games where it doesn't have Master Chief in it. Yeah. Because there's been a few things like Halo Three ODST. ODST. I definitely relate to the the ODST soldiers, and I even know about Buck and the Rogue too. So yeah, yeah. I think this. I think it's really good story, and and there's also Halo Reach that you fantastic. really sympathise with their noble team, and it's like you know the characters well, and I still remember about them. I still f- and it's just like, 
I still think Halo Reach is a good starting off point for some people. Like, if you're new to the series, I feel like if you just want to play one game and have a story, Halo Reach is the one to go with, I think. Because, like, obviously, Halo 3, well, you have to play all three of them, really, to get the full story. Whereas Halo Reach is kind of a standalone thing, and it works really well for what it is. And I really enjoy Halo Reach. Reach, Reach is one of my Well, favorites. I think that you'll be interested to know that, you know, the Star Wars film Rogue One. Yeah, I love Rogue One as well. They exact. They exactly have the same plot, <laughs> well, the most similar plot to the whole Halo Reach. Yeah, Halo Reach and Rogue One in the same film, and I love both of them. <laughs> so they're both my favorites as well of the new of the newer stuff. <laughs> yeah, because the, oh, the original trilogy, a classics, untouchable. Then you got you got the you got Rogue One or Halo Reach, which are both very good, and then you got the new sequels. Which is not very good. Which is very Star Wars. <laughs> but the, my point is that with Halo, you don't have to have Master Chief as a no, character. I think it's just more like a a a figurehead of this whole franchise. But then Halo is already like proven that you can still have stories with different characters, yeah. and you can definitely find it in books, which means you have lots of potential for different player characters. But I think it just seems as if they tried to stick close to Master Chief. Like, yeah. like it just seems as if they want to make sure it's just like Master Chief and Katana in. When obviously, like, there's a universe of it being built, yeah. and that's where you find loads of different characters in, which doesn't seem to make what sense, about, what, really. What about Master Cheeks from the TV show? Nah, <laughs> wasn't well executed. Also, <laughs> he he had uh... he had sex with. Someone yeah, else that cheeks. comes from. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's. Um, mm. I enjoyed the TV show for what it was. It's not as good as the games. They weren't even, not even close, and the plot's a bit of a mess. But yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so let's not mention the TV show again. Let's let's pretend that didn't exist <laughs> when it comes to rewriting the plot. So like rewriting the plot. So I feel like the flood. I feel like Co- I feel like Combat Evolved is like perfect. I don't, I'm trying to think of what I would change if I was going to rewrite Co- Combat Evolved. I don't think there's much I well, would change. I think I would definitely ha- speak out my idea because go, go ahead. So when it comes to Halo game. Are those elements that are most important? You, let's say we're doing the soft, we're doing a full reboot of the game, a full rewrite of it, and it doesn't continue from any point in the Halo universe. Like scrap everything, you start from the very beginning and retell the origins. Okay. Just like with, uh, I think it was, is there any games that like did a full rework, like the Prince of Persia two, two thousand three game? This regards to retro games and then starts a new narrative. That sort of thing. God of War, probably. Well, God of War is just like starts off from where the original series left off, well, it, and then just goes for the new narrative. It, well, it, it goes from North, it goes from uh, Greek mythology to Norse mythology, and it's kind of a total reboot sort of. Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other but games that do I mean, that. Uh, well, what I mean is, just like you did the original Sonic games on the Mega Drive, then you go to Sonic Adventure, and it starts off from the complete blank zero. Yeah. What I describe is just basically Halo that completely disregards the universe, set in a new universe, 
and it comes up with a new story like how the Halo TV series do, yeah. but we do it much better. Well, we wouldn't call it fixing Halo because that's not the whole point of it. It's an alternative universe made by us, and this could have been like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, fan fiction, Halo universe. I mean, that's what we whites are. Like, if you're doing it because you're fixing it, that's a bit arrogant because yeah. you should feel as if you're doing your own changes when obviously you end up making worse changes to what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why for this one, we just do a rewrite because we love Halo and we want to do, do our own spin on the story. That's it. Right. Like, I don't know. you don't have to complain about it. See, I don't know where now, I would change it because I love the original trilogy so much. I honestly don't know where, yeah. I, would ch- or, or where I would start. That's such a hard thing to do. Uh, but you go ahead. Yeah. You show me what you... Yeah. Cool. Uh, basically, there's elements of a Halo game. You have a Halo, mm-hmm. you have a heroic Spartan, yeah. and you have a allied enemy force. All of these three are actually essential to this whole conflict. So, the UNSE is a huge empire that took over lots of different planets, yeah. and they are going through all those things, and then they discovered this artifact, which they thought that would be interesting. So they sent someone to check out what it is and what kind of technology they have. But then there's another alien force known as a Covenant who comes over and realising they're trespassing on their property. And so it just turns into a huge war where humans and the Covenant are fighting for the Halo ring. So it's up to a heroic Spartan to come in and step in. And that will be Master... Uh, actually, no. Uh, it, the heroic Spartan comes in and turns out it's Cortana. Oh, okay. I was going to say, not Master Chief, it's Ultra uh, Manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Su- su- you know super this, Leader. You know, this fan animation that's going around called Halo the White. Yeah. There's like Samus and Master Chief oh, joining yes, forces yeah. to fight the enemies, and it feels that Master Chief is actually a woman inside. Oh right, yeah. That's done by Motium, so yeah, yeah. it's quite a twist. Also, uh, but, in Dead or Alive uh, Four, you can have a female Spartan as well as, as well, it's Master Chief, but it's got a female voice, so <laughs> it, it's a female character in Dead or Alive. So yeah, so basically, um, the heroic Spartan Kelly. comes in. And they just go into this huge war with the government and they just basically go into the battles, go throughout this open world where they get to discover about the secrets of the forerunners. Mm. But as it turns out, like as they go in and fight the government, there's a subversion where it's actually the forerunners and they are actually protecting this halo. And that's where you discover the mysterious force. Now, you think it would have a flood, right? Yeah. There's no flood. Oh. There's none of it. So, instead, you have a Prometheans. Uh-huh. As you go through the Halo, you realise it's actually one of the Prometheans. And it turns out that it was an ancient robotic race that actually protects the Halos and feels that there's too much conflict in the world. So, the Prometheans come out and they attack you. And now, because you activated the Prometheans... I think it's probably where you wake up die ducked or anything like that, or the merchant bias. Right. It 
you activate the forerunners up and now it's up to you to stop the forerunners from escaping so you have to destroy the halo ring so that's where it goes into like you fight the government you just deal with like their views the religion and their beliefs yeah. and it is up to you to destroy the halo and you'll be given a huge choice on how you'll be able to make sure that UNSC escapes in time and how you attract the government and the forerunners to make sure that they get caught in it in the blast and make sure that UNSC is safe. But then it turns out the Halo rings are actually huge weapons as a huge thing, which yeah. now means the UNSC needs to find out a way to stop the Halo array and it turns into this huge complication. From what? From the UNSC like using the Empire and take over the universe. Yeah. Now they just have to find some way to stop the Halo rings from like the government and also stop the forerunners from escaping. And now it just turns into a huge conflict because the Halo rings could change the entire life of this whole world. Yeah. And now it's just like instead of humans like being attacked by the government and have to find the Halo rings themselves, now it's just that them being part of this huge empire. And there's like the government who's also fighting for the universe, but at the same time you find that the forerunners are very advanced, but also poses a humongous threat. Yeah. Like it's just like a huge huge thing. Now, I don't know, it's this needs to be more nuanced. Yeah. But I think it's just like it just like makes an interesting spin and just how like you go fight into this whole universe and find ways to which you can like uh like it tackles the secret of the forerunners and utilizes the Prometheans in such good ways. Yeah. And also it puts the humans on par with the government and see who is the one who is the most guilty or anything like that. Yeah. So I think I said too much, but yeah, yeah, but you could definitely see the whole idea. But yeah. I think I like to see Halo more as a war thing than just doing it as a means of survival. Yeah. Also I mean, what do you think? No, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, so, obviously, Prometheans uh, always been a bit of an issue with the Halo thing. So, I mean, mm. uh, obviously, I was hoping if they, if we rebooted the Prometheans that we could have a bit more variety in their characters and stuff in their gameplay because they weren't very fun to fight against. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, so, the, the, the Halo rings are still weapons of mass destruction made by the Prometheans. But they're not. They're just to stop wars and conflicts, and to stop. Yeah, instead of to kill the flood, right? So I mean that yeah. would work. Yeah, I suppose. And then you want to stop them from activating the halo rings. Um, but then you also do. You, so they're trying to save the world. They're trying to save the galaxy by killing off humans and government. Well, actually, but, from the hindsight, it just basically sets it so that. Humans, government, and the Prometheans have the same goals, where humans and government, as I said, take over the universe. Yeah. But the Prometheans aim to sample the species that are intelligent and kill everyone else to make sure that no one else has ru has to ruin it for their whole conquest. Yeah. So everyone's all aiming to conquer the whole universe. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so that the UNSC are not so squeaky clean good guys, even though they're... yeah. Cause I get that. Cause like also like in Halo, like in Halo Law, which is, it's like, 
basically the the Spartans. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the Spartans were designed to kill the Covenant. The Spartans were designed to suppress the outer colonies who were trying to rise up and uh, get back control. So essentially, the 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 UNSC were villainous and were a bit evil as well. So I think it would be good mm. to have like a shades of grey with it with the with the UNSC because the UNSC does come across as goody goody two two shoes a lot of the time. So yeah, we're the good guys. Humans good, yeah. But there's not really much, yeah. The like the darker because they are dark. The UNSC, but you don't really see that. You only really read about it in the books and the and spin off stuff. Whereas if he was in the main plot, I think that would work a bit better if you could. Show that they are greedy and they are trying to take over the universe. Like, I guess that works. Yeah, if you were rewriting it, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I like the flood, though. Which is a bit of a shame there's no flood, but. <laughs> well, but, yeah. I, gonna, I would argue that the flood, I think it's just like as if they're a bit distant for the whole thing. Like, yeah. I like the flood. It's really scary yeah. and it acts as like a whole zombie thing, but it just doesn't totally fit no. like you're just going with this war effort you're fighting against the aliens but then the flood it just comes in and it just realises like it's a huge threat and everyone has to work against it but I think that my yeah. idea of the Prometheans is that it's not like something that is like controllable but it shows another sort of in conflict yeah. and it just gives you everything you feel as if you're not supposed to release them whereas the flood leaks them and you just need to get rid of them yeah. easy enough the Prometheans, like they got this extra technology, and yet it's not a good idea to release it. So it just has some more Lovecraftian sort of horror. But yeah. uh, what I part of the inspiration behind this rewrite is the Warhammer 40k, where everyone is basically bad. Like even the yeah. humans are like really bad. And the Marines yeah. and there's like, like other that. races who are like bad, and where there's like some robots and some monsters as well yeah and you just can't root for any of them no and i think it just makes me feel like there has to be an equal ground and you're basically part of this entire war like nobody's actually really good so i think it's just really interesting no i agree with that i think that's a good i think that's a good call actually i mean the uh yeah i think that would be a good thing if you could have some kind of like uh balance between the three i mean obviously the flood, you have the grave mind who's like the master manipulator of the of the flood, like he's the brains. Uh, but they, apart from that, they do come across just like zombies in their brainless hordes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like having a bit more personality to the enemy makes more sense. And if you're having a freeway battle and they're all they're all just as bad as each other, I think that comes across quite interesting. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. Um, I just think with the Forerunners, they are more interesting because there's some um, extra depth into this whole characters. Yeah. Like you have individual characters, you have rogue AI just... to do with offensive or merchant buyers. Yeah, and there's like even like builders too. So it's I don't just think like the Forerunners entire. I don't think the Forerunners well, are bad characters at all. I just feel like they kind of they were fun to play against in Halo Four. I mean, if they had a bit more well, gameplay variety to them, I think they would be a better more interesting characters to fight like playing the what you had to fight the watcher like three times in halo 5 and that was awful uh they need to be give more well, game point variety would be good i think you're talking about the warden not the Watcher. the warden sorry yeah w- wrong name yeah but but i don't think i'll 
I'm not really referring to foreigners as bad. Yeah. They're the ones who are like, it's a ancient race yeah. and they doing as much as they can. Whereas in my version, it's like, they're the ones who have their own reasons, but they're also very antagonistic to all the empires that come before them. Yeah. And worried about how they are going to take over their technology. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think there's, but I think it's just in the free for free stuff that forerunners are treated like bad guys, yeah. especially they tackled humanity, and that's when I think it kind of breaks on how you feel about this entire universe. Yeah. And even brings up about how humans have existed during the forerunners, which the humans are called as reclaimers. Yeah. And it's just like. I did think they are getting the right kind of nuance into this whole thing. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And Master Chief was like a reclaimer as well and he was like the like the, the almost like the chosen one. I don't like when they it's like Master Chief should just be a guy. He doesn't have to be like Jesus Christ of of the of the <laughs> of the of the, of the Halo cinematic world, you know. I feel like if he's just a normal Spartan but he's a bit lucky, like that's what they've gone with really. It's like you know why I picked you, right? Was cause of luck mm. like if you just went with that that's fine but when it, when it starts going like you you were the chosen one master chief and you're the one who's out and i was like okay that's a bit much now we don't need you we don't need you to be the chosen one we don't need another anakin skywalker on our hands no no chosen ones well, <laughs> the chosen one tripe is actually one of the biggest cliches yeah too, exactly i don't like it not to say it's it's not to say it's bad it can work in some instances but it's being used so much that that people would rather have something else than people being chosen uh, for the fate. So yeah. that sort of thing. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Messiah. Uh, well, he's called John, isn't he? Which is a very religious thing, isn't it? So whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it would be interesting to have... Uh, as I said, to see the UNSC have a bit more shades of grey. I mean, I don't like the. As I said the TV show. We slide the TV show off. I don't like the TV show, but the one thing they do, uh, they do make, they do make the UNSC seem a bit more despicable. They don't make them out as the goody, very, very. They do have shades of grey with the UNSC, so that is something positive to take from it. But yeah, mm. uh, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. I think that's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I think I would go with a lot of that. Uh, yeah, but I also feel like with Halo, uh, as much as it's a massive comp, as a massive, a massive game about the universe and galaxies and all that, a lot of the time the, the main thing that people care about is Master Chief and Cortana, as we said before. It's like the personal relationship between those two characters, and it's like it's almost like an intimate story between those two characters, but in a big universal. Uh, massive plot the main, like you like getting Cortana back in Halo 3 was like the main plot really I feel and like Halo 4 like dying as for that it was also very important so I don't know I, I quite like it when it gets a bit more personal and a bit smaller scale sometimes as well as big scale but yeah mm. it can work either way I think um yeah, well, we've been going for nearly two hours now, so I think that's, that's one of our longer podcasts. <laughs> it sounds as if you don't really have a huge story in mind. No, do I, I don't really have much. Well, just, as I said, I like the original trilogy. I think is fantastic, and I'm quite happy with the way it is. Uh, maybe if they, as I said, the I feel like Halo Four, they could have just 
got with a new character, almost like rebooted it, like a soft reboot. But they just brought, yeah, they just brought Master Chief like... back and it didn't really work. And, they, and they've not done a very good job. I feel like Halo Infinite's think... good as well. I just feel... Should we just forget four or five exist and just <laughs> there we go? I'll have yeah, to. I think it's. I think that a lot of the stuff we said before I say about my rewrite. Yeah. I think it's just saying about the problems for Halo's story, and I think we brought up lots of interesting points. But I don't know how people would feel in the comments yeah. about it. But but then at least we did explore the story and make a huge understanding yeah. about the continuity of this whole thing. So, yeah. but I think since you're not really that fussed about it. I'm going to ask you one question. Go ahead. If you're responsible for rebooting Halo, then what? How would you do the story differently? Like you're not allowed to start from any of those points in earlier Halo games. You're asked to do the entirely new story, and then oh, you just oh. go for the whole story. So, how would you sum up on how you can approach the new story of Halo? I, don't, I mean, a combat evolved. I feel like is damn perfect. I don't really know how you could. Oh, I don't really know. I'm not much of a writer, to be honest. Uh, I could, I could, I could see the, the, the where it goes wrong, but where would I? How would I write a completely new story? Uh, I'd have to think about that. Really, I mean, like, um, be creative. <laughs> I can't think. Cause... Of, I can't think of, think of anything. I mean, I, I'm trying to be creative, but it's just like. Like, do we do? Do I do the hero's journey again? Do I come up with a new? Uh, do I come up with a new antagonist? Like you know, just it's like just a, just think of it. You come up with this game idea, and you just come up with this story idea where you have your team. You don't have to be any specific. It's just like answer the question of what story you come up with, it, and that's without any knowledge of any of the stories that you can start off. It has to be completely new. Yeah, so that's go wild. I have no idea, to be honest. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue where I would go with this because I, I love Halo so much. I don't really know what I would if I had to start a new one. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. So, what if you are asked instead that if you can come up with it, you'll be asked to reboot Halo Combat Evolved? <sighs> so, what kind of story will you come up with? It? don't know if you could do that how can you reboot combat evolved um so good like i I, obviously i keep to the environmental storytelling maybe cut down on the have a bit less cut scenes try and make it a bit more uh like i would it it would be like changing it really i wouldn't really be very good at doing it from scratch like obviously because i'll probably keep master chief keep cortana uh maybe as i said maybe have a different antagonist instead of the flood even though I enjoy the flood, I think the flood's great, but I feel like if it would be too similar to the original, if you kept the flood, uh, maybe free four free guilty spark could be a bit more of a integral character. Um, hmm. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say because I like Johnson, I like Keys, I like all the plot. I feel like Combat Evolved one of the best written video games like ever when it comes to plot and rewrite changing it is very difficult. <laughs> so basically, I think it does seem as if you're not really thinking the rewrite, but whether you want to set on a given theme and you feel that 
Master Chief versus the Covenant and everything feels it's just it most works. perfect. Yeah, it and works. I think that's what Halo Infinite came back to. Yeah, only I... they replaced the Covenant with the Banished. So I feel like Halo Infinite was really well done. I think that's the best the three four three's done plot wise. Uh, I think they've pretty much they've saved the plot. I feel from Halo like. I feel like there's not enough variety in the environment. It's all very grassy, uh, like, foresty, like, areas. There's not enough environmental variety. Uh, the, pl- the plot is, as you said, it's a bit smaller scale, but I quite like that. Um, they kept teasing the Endless, but we haven't actually seen the Endless. So maybe if the Endless showed up at the end... <laughs> hey, ironic. Uh, if they showed up at some point, that would have been interesting. Or maybe have the flood come back. I don't know uh, what you would change with Halo Infinite either. Uh, but Halo Halo Four and Five, I can I can point holes at poke holes in that, and like can change like completely just throw that out. <laughs> but Halo, it's just almost the original. It's one. almost the same. It's just almost the same as if you're treating it as a legend of Zelda timeline. That yeah, you would rather like have a different story that comes follow after Halo Three and keeps it. all those elements. Yeah. Instead of going into the actual timeline that takes everything with Halo Four and Five, but they're not, but they're only retconned to make way for Halo Infinite. Yeah. So we're probably thinking of the Legend of Zelda timeline I, where I there's like huge event. <laughs> yeah, they just split off into three timelines. So what do you think? So the so if you so but you you kind of said it yourself earlier. The core things of Halo. So the, obviously the Halo rings are important because it's like the name of the bloody bloody franchise. Uh, then you obviously need. A hero and an antagonist. So the humans versus the the elite, the um, covenant, and then you could have a third, a third antagonist as well. Which um, I mean, that's usually the thing with Halo. There's always a third antagonist. So it's either the flood or the or, or the endless or the or the Prometheans. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I would I would agree with that probably. Like you have the same plot but just repeating itself but slightly changed each time. Um, I would, I, you know, it's like they've rebooted Halo with Infinite and I'm quite happy where they've left it. So I'm hoping that they, they can build off that and not mess it up again. Let's just pretend 4 and 5 don't exist. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just pretend 4 and 5 don't exist and just play. Go on the Master Chief Connection, play the originals and play uh, Infinite and just forget 4 and 5. There you go. It just seems as if we have a different approach to how we rewrite Halo. Like, yeah. you would rather like start off on a certain point and just go for the more coherent story. Yeah. Whereas I would rewrite an entire thing, use my creativity, yeah. and bring out all the best elements into the most coherent story possible. But then again, all the Halo fans are just like, just leave the whole storyline alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm one of those. I don't yeah. think I would. Cha- I do. I would want to just change it for the sake of it. To be honest, um, mm. I don't know. I enjoy. I enjoyed your like twist in it. I thought it would be interesting, but I also like the flood and and I like the p- more personal story with Master Chief and Cortana and stuff. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I in my in my opinion that. I just enjoy rewrites and like how you have different opportunities to deal with it. Yeah. Like these are just like considered fan fiction and shouldn't be taken seriously because I think yeah. people use it as a means to explore how the perspectives go into this whole story. Yeah. Like I've been thinking like the perfect third terminate the second terminator sequel that takes all the plot lines from different terminator 
uh, sequels yeah. and put them into one. And there's also what happens with this and that. And I've been thinking like how Ruby has been, it's going to be rewritten. But I think it's just, it's those kind of ideas that makes me think of like coming up with my own stories and how I write them, which is why I'm writing books based on the universe I came up with as in my daydreams. But the important thing is that you take, you can say there's something wrong with taking influences from different shows and you put them into your own, like, Halo is based on different books, classical books that comes into the game. Yeah. There's also Ruby, which even though people are like doing rewrites of it, actually you have so many elements from Final Fantasy games, yeah. the Anime. Soul Eat Soul Eater, Bleach, but there's a you can definitely see a lot of uh, similarities between that and the Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Plus there's some like tributes to Cowboy Bebop involving the Corgi and one of the drunk people there. So Yeah. You, I mean we inf- we've uh, I mean that's a that's a point I was gonna just make. It's like um if I reboot rewrit uh, rewrit Halo but got rid of like a big like got rid of the Covenant, got rid of the Halo rings, got rid of Flood or anything like that, then is it Halo? Like it's just a, probably not. It's just another sci-fi shooter, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, we have Killzone, we have Resistance, we have uh, trying to think of another sci-fi sh- Metroid. Exactly. It's like you know, Halo's Halo for because of Mass Chief and the and Cortana and all that. And yes, you can have spin-offs like Halo Reach and stuff, and that works. But and that's how indie developers do it. Like they take the game they like and then they change up everything yeah. got rid of the things they associate with it and turn it into their own game yeah like it could be satire or even the tribute to the one of the games they enjoyed i mean like there's castlevania which is like huge but one of the original developers came out to make bloodstains which yeah. is based on castlevania but has different elements in so but then castlevania is actually based on the bunch of like classic novels including dracula and even like Frankenstein or some sort? I don't know. But yeah. it's, I mean, but you can definitely tell that everything is influenced by lots of different source material. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I did the same thing when I was in university. My, my final year project was Kidnap the Princess, which is a parody of Super Mario. I mean, it, it's a parody of it. It's like it's got... It, it's like I'm trying to subvert the plot and like, try and make it a bit more... Uh, like you're the bad guy and not the good. Like basically, you're you're Bowser. That was kind of like the whole plot, but um, like I mean, yeah, subverting things works a lot of the time as well. Like as you said about indie games, they do that a lot. Like uh, Super Meat Boy is obviously highly uh, influenced from like Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Bros and stuff like that. And there's like lots of games that are influenced from other games, and that works for sure. Um. Mm. Yeah, I would love to. See, I would love to see a Halo, some stuff influenced by Halo. I, it, trying to think of stuff that's influenced by Halo, I can't really think of anything like sci-fi shooters mm. that have come out that have done well, done well anyway. <laughs> There's loads of failing, <laughs> failing ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like if I like, think about other plots of like other sci-fi shooters and stuff. Like, I feel like some of the if I like change the plot, it would turn more into like a Mass Effect. Like that's mm. like because Mass Effect, you got the the what were they called? The big baddies in Mass Effect. What were they called now? Oh, the Reapers. The Reapers. 
Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll just change them to uh, so like the foreigners are basically like the Reapers from uh, from Mass Effect. <laughs> like you know. Yeah, like... there you go. That's how your creativity come from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I love Mass Effect as well. It's a great series. Uh, but yeah, I... at least I'm educating you like how you get those ideas. Work. Oh yeah, and it's nothing wrong with a bit of plagiarism there, just as long as you like take what you like from it and then you put it into the story and that's what everyone does yeah. but if anyone disagrees and you have to come up with your entire idea and not have to reference I mean, anything but the, that's art like you have to reference things in order to make art well that, I mean that's how the human brain works nothing is original everything is from our past experience remixed together so any original any idea is is other ideas that you've seen in the past remixed into something else everything is nothing's original nothing is ever original <laughs> uh, i mean i guess that's how the human brain works we just remix stuff essentially you know yes. i mean every, if you think about it every book ever written if you uh you get the uh you get uh oh sorry i just drawn a blank now <laughs> uh, uh, um, wow dictionary can't believe i couldn't think of the word dictionary if you get a dictionary <laughs> every book ever written is just a remix of the dictionary yes <laughs> it's just a exactly. remix of the dictionary words of different orders but that would be called a feast but that would be called a thesaurus now because you're getting derivative of the yeah. words now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that thing is original. So there you go. That, that's that's the, the moral of the story. Love Halo. Uh, Halo four and five can just go do one, but uh, Infinite mm. was good, and I think the original trilogy and Reach were both all fantastic games. So yeah, there you go. Thumbs up for me. That that's that's how I would read as, Halo. <laughs> as my idea, it's. Great, but never is going to happen anyway because I think the people are just like thinking, eh, "You dare be a heretic to this whole Halo heretic. franchise? Get the mark of shame! You get a mark of shame!" <laughs> <laughs> it's the demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, love Halo. Uh, what? How would you let us know how you would rewrite Halo in the comments below? That or or on our uh, review or just message us on Twitter or whatever, you know, get get in touch. We we listen, we read every comment, we read every review, we read every tweet that you send at us at, at xmarksbox on Twitter, you know, any of that stuff. Just get in, get in touch, get involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anything else we want to say before we wrap up the episode because we're nearly at two hours now. Longest one of our I was episodes. thinking of another Wii White. Go ahead. In Go ahead. Instead of Cortana, like you get evil Cortana in Hayley, yeah. but you replace Cortana with Salem from Ruby. Okay. So Master Chief has to fight Salem, but oh. Master Chief has a decision to either trap her in a seal or you serve her and go into this romantic relationship. Okay. <laughs> or or uh, Halo. Uh, somehow, entering instead of blowing up the blowing up the halo ring, opens up a portal to hell, and then the and then <laughs> demons from hell come out, and then the Doom Slayer comes, and then it's Doom Slayer and Master Chief <laughs> <working together. laughs> There you go. That's, that's, that's the plot. Yes. 
yeah, so demon demon flag right, because Halo. <laughs> there's a post on Reddit that says like, "You rewrite Lord of the Rings." Like there's orcs coming from like Mordor, yeah. and they're all coming out, and then Doomslayer comes out and kills them. <laughs> yes, let's get Doomslayer and Master Chief working together. That's what that's the ultimate co-op game. Do it. In... It'll be a dance off. Yes. <laughs> There you go. I've, that's the ultimate rewrite right there. <laughs> <laughs> the Halo ring explodes, opens a portal to hell, and then here comes the Doom Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would totally play that Whee! game. <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to end the episode, I think. <laughs> that's all right with you, unless we got anything else to add yeah. together. Nearly two hours. Mm-hmm. This is probably our longest episode ever. I think we're so. Thank you guys for listening. If you, thank you for listening. If you still are, I think that's what people. <laughs> thank you for watching. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate everyone who's been. Thank you for subscribing. If you're a new subscriber as well, we had a couple of new subscribers since our uh, our little rant video we put up the other day. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, follow us on Twitter. And until next time, this week. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Doomslayer. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the X Marks the Box podcast. Follow us at X Marks Box on Twitter or X Marks the Box on YouTube. And follow us on all audio podcast services. Thanks for listening.